WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program. Busy, uh, busy week. Today, it's uh, Christopher Boulay. Tomorrow, John Breen will be in here. And, um, and, and I, um, I tell you, having Chris and, and John on the program makes it a little bit easier as I, I try to think about, about uh, maybe um, not being as um, uh, verbal as I used to be. You know why? Because I'm not as verbal as I used to be. Uh, and so these guys come in and uh, really, uh, really help out. Uh, how you doing, Chris, today? Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. And uh, John knows uh, he's been doing it for a while, and I, I've always enjoyed his style and the effort that he puts into the show. And uh, I've heard him a couple of times, and he's very well prepared, and uh, I think he's doing a great job. All right. He'll be here tomorrow. And uh, so will uh, Bob Martin from Crossroads Real Estate Group, too. And so will our focus on law. we got so many topics to uh, talk about today. Uh, but uh, I haven't seen uh, Chris in a few days, so I thought um, maybe I would, um, first of all, uh, invite people to participate in the show and then ask them for uh, the introductory topic. And the topic uh, doesn't have to be, um, you know, your, uh, in other words, sometimes this is the big story, so you want to lead with the big story. But it can be any, um, any topic you want to go with. But here are the numbers, 769-0600, 766-1380, and Chris and Roger do welcome your phone calls to this program. All right, that's it. The mechanics are done. What's the biggie for you, Chris? Well, again, it seems every Thursday I'm here that this, the U.S. equity market set up an all-time high, and they've, they've done that again as yesterday. So the Dow Jones is around you know, 33,000. You know, who thought that it was going to go that high even years ago? The S&P 500... Um, is getting close to 4,000. I actually got an email last night, um, uh, actually a local official asking me when it's going to get to 4,000. I said, I don't know, but it, it looks inevitable. And the NASDAQ's around 13,000. So the markets are doing very, very well. We talked about that. And also another thing I sent to you yesterday, which is tied in, is the Federal Reserve uh, announced that they're going to leave rates unchanged and they're not really phased by inflation. Uh, they appear to be looking at different numbers, but uh, as I said before, sometimes government can work against the people. Sometimes it can get worse as it has in uh, the capital. When it comes to the Federal Reserve, uh, I've never seen them more direct and more clear about their intentions. And uh, Jerome Powell's doing a fantastic job. He's calming the markets and he gave strong indication that uh, the, the economy is doing well. It's going to be doing better. And uh, they don't see inflation on the horizon because inflation will create spike of interest rates and therefore that will hurt the market. So kind of a Goldilocks situation, um, employment gaining, the market gaining $1.9 trillion. We can talk about that, which whether we need it or not. But it looks like uh, all the ores are in the water and they don't see inflation uh, pushing anything higher. So just a phenomenal situation right now. Is it going to remain this way? No, but it has been very strong for now um, 11 years. Well, I guess, uh, can Joe Biden take any credit or any blame for this? Or is this just um, what some people said when Trump was president? It would have happened anyway. Uh, the market uh, has its own life of itself. Well... You know, I'm not a big fan of Biden at all. And one of the things that really drove the market, you can talk about the fact that a billionaire businessman took over the presidency in 2016 and a lot of policies. We have calls to talk about the uh, the deregulation, the reduction of regulations hurting business. To me, the clear thing he did was lower the federal corporate tax rate from the second highest in the industrialized world from 35% down to 21%. So now in Biden's plan, you know, he wants to do an infrastructure plan, which was really President Trump's idea, and he wants to bring it back up to 28%. Well, somebody's got to pay for that. So Biden basically lied against the American people. He said, well, I'm not going to raise your taxes if you make under $400,000. Well, gosh, if the corporate rate goes from 21 to 28%, somebody's got to pay that. 
So clearly the cost of goods and things like that are going to go up. So I don't really give Biden any credit at all. As a matter of fact, all of the money that was being borrowed uh, brought the 10-year Treasury from like 0.7% up to 1.74%, which actually created angst in the market. So um, I'm going to try to be very fair-minded, um, but I think right now the markets are doing well despite Joe Biden. Despite. All right. Uh, thank you. If you have a, a comment on any uh, topic whatsoever, you're welcome to uh, call us at 769-0600. We'll be more than happy to chat with you on the topic of your choice. Our program today being brought to you by Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery announces we are open daily, operating with curbside pickup at this time. Visit us any day of the week for your favorite local products, including milk, cream, assorted pastries, ice cream, cakes, and more. There are three ways to order. Number one, to view our current menu and place an online order or view our frequently asked questions, go to rightsdairyfarm.com. Or number two, call the farm at 401-767-3014 extension 2 to place your order, pay by credit card, and select a pickup day and time. Three, on site. Order from your car with your smartphone or with a sales associate, then wait in your vehicle while our team fills your order. Please be prepared for longer waits on the weekends. So stay safe while we work through these unusual times. Please visit our website, rightsdairyfarm.com, for all the latest information. The Little Red Truck is at your service. We are A&R Trailer Rentals in Woonsocket. We're a company that has those 45-foot storage trailers for rent or lease, and 20-foot ground-level containers are also available. And we offer leasing with the option to buy. We specialize in household and commercial storage for the public. So if you're looking for a place to store household items while remodeling or renovating, then look no further. We have your temporary storage needs available for a fraction of the cost of those storage facilities. And if you're looking to store seasonal items like uh, snowmobiles or jet skis, we have the perfect solution. Call Al Gagnon at 766-1919. Need temporary storage? We're the Little Red Truck. Give us a call. And for your lawn and garden, we can deliver Wright's Farm cow manure, or you can select from an organic mix, which is a lab tested by the University of Maine for your lawn and garden, but also gravel, sand, clay, stone dust, and mulch available, delivered right to your property. Al Gagnon's Little Red Truck will bring it to you, and here is his number for rates and more information, 766-1919, 766-1919. All right, thank you. One more message here, and then uh, we'll get back to uh, more conversation. 769-0600-766-1380, our telephone number. Anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about it with you. Well, today is Thursday at River Falls, and that means it's it's Seafood Day, right? Starting at um, 4 o'clock this afternoon, because we're open 4 to 9 on Thursdays. For fifteen ninety nine, you have 12 different shrimp dishes. And um, you can eat all 12 in one sitting if you want. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever tried that. Uh, doing, uh, I think you could do five or six, uh, right, in one sitting? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But anyway, the way it works is you pay fifteen ninety nine, and you have your choice of Cajun garlic butter shrimp. Or maybe creamy Tuscan garlic shrimp. Or shrimp alfredo, or buffalo fried shrimp, or shrimp pesto, or lemon pepper shrimp, and six others, too. Including my favorite, shrimp fra diablo, served with penne. It's all happening on Thursdays at River Falls. Would you like to make a reservation for tonight? You're welcome to do that. 235-9026, tell them you're coming in for the shrimp special. But incidentally, if you're going with somebody and you love shrimp and they don't, the River Falls regular menu will be available. River Falls, and we're open um, at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Hope you can uh, visit us. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Yeah, here we are, uh, WNRI AM, and then 99.9 FM, and then WNRI.com is really no excuse not to listen to the program. Our Thursday program, I'm Roger Bouchard. Christopher Boulay is with us. And uh, so it was nice. Um, I guess in your business, Chris, it's nice to hear that the market is performing well. I mean, you, you wouldn't... Uh, you wouldn't want to come here and say, oh, boy, it's just doing miserable. 
Well, I mean, 99% of my clients are long the market. So you can make money if the market goes down. It's called shorting the market, and it's, it's very risky. Um, it should only be done for very sophisticated investors. And sometimes you can take a vehicle uh, that somebody else will do it where they'll short the market, and, and those are, are plentiful. But clearly, um, people's 401Ks, their IRAs, uh, and their, indi in their individual accounts are doing uh, quite, quite well. Uh, another quick hit that you know we talked about this morning and is getting a lot of attention because it affects so many people, at least the people who pay taxes, and the IRS has extended the uh, filing and payment deadlines to May 17th from April 15th. And it's good, and I've maintained that it should be 6-1 or 6-15 every year, regardless whether you have a pandemic or not. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed in my business, I've been in this over 20 years, is that there's a lot of changes and there's a lot of updating of, of, uh, of 1099s. So say you have an, an exchange-traded fund and it's a municipal bond, and that exchange-traded fund reports that there's 4% of the bonds are in Rhode Island and you're a Rhode Island resident, and then they change it to 6%. We have to redo those 1099s, and nobody wants that. <laughs> so we hold, we, UBS, and many uh, brokerage firms are hanging on to these 1099s as long as possible because last thing we want to do is send them and then have to send revisions and upset people. So that deadline gets tighter and tighter. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. Most people... You know, we'll get refunds and like to get refunds. So I don't think it affects the Treasury that much in terms of cash flow. But if I was a congressman, a senator, I'd put forward a bill to make it 6-1 or 6-15 every year. Just give people more time. Give the CPAs more time. Give the financial brokerage firms and financial institutions more time to generate the tax information. I just think 415 is uh, antiquated. And I just can't see why we won't do it to uh, June. And um, I've made that known to... Uh, my congressman, and um, I don't know if they listen or not. So you do communicate with your congressman? I, I do. I, I, I do. I, I, I communicate with them all. They're probably tired of hearing from me, uh -huh. but I, I, I do call, and um, they probably recognize my voice by now, and I tell them who I am and, and what town I'm in, and this is my issue. Mm -hmm. All right. That would be um, Congressman Cicilline, right? Yes, for now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything you want to talk about? May I ask you uh, an off-the-wall question? What happened is that uh, George Soros mm -hmm. um, came up for a discussion on the talk show yesterday. And, you know, the guy that called, uh, when he called Jeff on the talk show yesterday, he engaged Jeff on the subject of sports. And a very, very calm caller. And, and so they talked for five minutes on sports. I think it had whether Muhammad Ali could defeat um, uh, the guy that just died there if they were matched together. Um, oh, that's what Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Yeah, right. Anyway, that's where the discussion was, a nice sports discussion. Then the guy got on to George Soros. And he was absolutely convinced that uh, this guy is an evil man. And so, you know, Chris, uh, I was at home listening to that discussion, and I, I did some research. I don't know if you heard that part of the program this morning, uh, where I, I went to various uh, sites. I must have read ten articles, five that say that George Soros is an evil man, and five that said everything about him written is a myth. And so, when I finished, I must have read for a half hour. And when I finished, I didn't have any conclusions. Do you have any conclusions about him? Well, I, I certainly have an opinion. Uh, George Soros came from very humble beginnings. He's Hungarian, and he's known as the person who bra broke the British bank. So he made a... a in Put it, he put all his chips on the, on the table, and he bet against the British pound years ago. I think it was in the early 90s, and he made billions of dollars. But his net worth at one point was about $32 billion. And right now, and this is, this is a funny place to put only, but he's only worth $8.6 billion as of a couple of days ago. Well, he's given it away to destroy the United States. Yes, and that's, how, that's how I feel. If you, This is how I would go if you're not sure about his his intentions. Look at the um, district attorney in Chicago. Look at the district attorney in St. Louis. Look at the district attorney in, um, in, in Los Angeles. These people are inviting lawlessness. They're, they're, they're against cash bail. 
and you look at the, and I don't know if, I, I hate to bring her up because I don't know if she was supported by um, Soros, but the one over here in Middlesex County where um, people can't be prosecuted for shoplifting. And if you can prove that you needed the stuff that you took, then they, the stores can't charge you. That is going down a slippery slope. And those are the kind of people that George Soros is supporting openly and giving them money. And for me, if I knew a candidate was being supported by George Soros, I would run the other way. I would never, ever support that person. So he looks like he's supporting an insurrection. It looks like he's doing things that are trying to undermine the country. And just look at the cause and effect of the people he's giving money to and what they're looking to do. As a matter of fact, the McCluskey's in St. Louis, the Black Lives Matter group was going down and they were challenging the mayor of St. Louis who lives near them. And these people were threatened to kill their dog, which, which Nowadays is a big problem for me. They threaten to kill the people, and they threaten to burn down their house. So, um, anyway, um, they had guns, and they were standing on their porch and said, leave us alone. So, what does the district attorney want to do? She wants to charge them for protecting their house, and all the people who made these threats were, were given a pass. That's all I really need to know or can explain about George Soros. So uh, we've heard of an ultra-right uh, conservative. Uh, could we simply classify him as an ultra-left liberal uh, who supports uh, causes that um, moderates and conservatives find defensive? Yes, absolutely. And people, you know, you, you don't want to wish ill on anyone. Um, he was born on August 12th. He's 90, uh, 1930. He's 90 years old. Uh, actually, the same year my, my, my mom uh, was born. And he has set this up in such a way that these causes are going to continue upon his passing. So people say, oh, he's evil and the world will be better off, which I think is, a, is an outrageous statement for, for saying about anybody. Having said that, uh, this Open Society Foundation has been funded with billions of dollars of his money. And these causes are going to continue. And what he's looking to do in terms of providing um, a lack of clarity, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I Just, don't know. Um, basically undermining America. Mm -hmm. Instability was the word I was looking for. Providing instability in America. Those things are going to continue. And he's got children who, who seem to feel the same way he does. George Soros, controversial figure. And I'll do a little more uh, research on him. Incidentally, that... Bank of England story. I read that twice where he broke the bank. Then I came across another story that said it was a myth. And, um, and it explained um, how, um, how he was a party to, uh, uh, to I guess, buying British uh, money, right? And, uh, he, went, he went short the British right. pound. And, um, but um, they, uh, they say that he, um, he wasn't the only one. But uh, uh, controversial, that's for sure. Oh, he, he, I mean, he was the leader of, of the group. Leader he, got of the all, he, he got all the attention for doing it. Mm -hmm. And I would say, was he the only one? No. Um, just like all of the people who bought uh, GameStop or shorted it. Um, I didn't read the whole article, but Bill Gates mentioned the other day that he made $10 million shorting GameStop. He certainly wasn't the only one who did it. But, um, uh, you know, George Soros was given a lot of, it, uh, of the credit for uh, leading that group. Let's take a few phone calls. Absolutely. All right. Um, uh, sorry I had to bring up uh, George Soros, but uh, the, the guy keeps showing up on Larry's talk show and John Dion's talk show. And Well, well. But regardless of how you feel about him, I made it very clear how I feel about him. Mm -hmm. He's one of the most important people of the 20th slash 21st century. He's got to be in the top 100. Our first caller of the morning. Hello there. Your comments, please. Good Good morning. This is George Soros. Stop talking about it. Uh, <laughs> right, George. George, I, I, you're a boogeyman, I understand. <laughs> it's Vinnie Ward. Hey, uh, Chris, would you do me a favor next time you speak to Congressman Cicilline? Uh, for you, anything. Yeah, would you ask him uh, how he intends, as a congressman, how he intends to pay back 30-something trillion dollars. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know. You know, it was funny. Roger and I were talking about it, not to make light of something, but it's, I guess, this H.R. 1620, which he's, which he's uh, co-sponsoring, which is, you know, violence uh, against women, which is, is, a, is a laudable law, but the 
Democrats uh, are kind of putting themselves in a corner because they're allowing anyone to say they're a female or male or not. How are they going to enforce that? Right? Think about it. You know, they've completely yeah. obliterated male, any version of male or female in the congressional record. So they don't make any sense. I get a kick out of how the president made a comment that um, the women should be, the investigation should go on because these women could be telling the truth. Yet the woman that made a comment about him sexually assaulting her, that kind of disappeared. Um, but anyway, hey, I just want to give you my opinion about something. That the Congress, the Senate right now, I believe that somehow they're going to uh, change the filibuster rules again, like they did before with uh, court judges, not Supreme Court, but district court and the other courts. Yep. The, uh, All so the federal court. Yep. First law, so they can pass HR one, and then they're going to go ahead and they're going to move forward with this four trillion dollar, not two trillion. We don't need. We were talking two years ago. We were talking about a one trillion dollar infrastructure bill. Now, they, because they won this last one, they're talking about four trillion dollars. Can you imagine the pork that's going to be inside that? It, it will be unbelievable. And who the heck is going to pay this money back? How will... It'll be up to then about $34 trillion by mm, then? Yep. How is that supposed to be paid? And I'd love to hear any U.S. senator or U.S. congressman explain how that's going to be paid back. No, you, no you're, you're, you're right, because it, it can't be paid back. And the, the analogy I like to use, and I, I think we've talked about it on the course, is if you have $10,000 in a bank and you owe uh, credit cards of $100,000, you're kind of stuck. But if you owe a quarter million dollars in credit cards and you've got $20 million in the bank, you're probably okay. There's always that ratio of the GDP of, of America versus our debt. And our GDP is only about $24 trillion, and our debt's turning to $30 trillion. Once you lose that one-for-one -one ratio, um, all bets are off, and it's a, it's a very bad thing. In Italy, they're at 300%. In Japan, they're at 289%. It, it's a very bad thing. They were talking about us having about $800 billion a year just on the uh, interest on our debt. So when this last next deal goes through, you'll be at a trillion dollars a year of interest. Yep, it's gonna it's gonna crowd everything out, and 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 you get, yep. and you understand this. We've talked about this. Is that this trillion dollars that we're looking at is in a low interest rate environment? What about if interest right. rates moderate and get to where you're paying five or six percent on a thirty year treasury? Where we're, we're stuck. Absolutely. All right, that was my comment for the today. Thank but you, enjoy, sir. Enjoy, enjoy your day. Bye bye. See you later. Bye bye. All right. Thank you. He is a Rhode Island taxpayer, I can tell you that, and he loves paying his taxes. Hello. Welcome to the Upfront Program. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, Scott Colley. Uh, I heard him talking about George Soros. Right. So, You're uh, limited to two minutes on him. <laughs> yeah, George Soros is an evil international Jewish banker and, and communist. He, that's not a myth. He did, he did short the Bank of England. Do you read uh, this from a script? Make... Because it's, uh, it no. sounds prepared. No, or do you have it no, memorized? No, I'm just no, curious. I, I don't need scripts. I don't need scripts. I've got to hit him in my brain. Okay. He has done more damage in the world. You know, he would have been a dream for Henry Ford in the international Jew because if, if you ever read the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, which, by the way, is not, is not a forgery. It's authentic. He's, he is the boogeyman. He is the man who wants to make uh, the world communist, wants to control the, world, the world's uh, financial mm -hmm. markets. He is stirring the pot. And he is an anti-Semite scream. And let me tell you something. When the Jews cry anti-Semitism, they don't need to cry anti-Semitism. They need to clean up their own houses. And report with Scott, let me let me let me let me, let me ask you a question because I know you, you know a lot about Soros. Do you agree with my statement that the open society is all in place? So regardless, whatever you think of him, it's going to continue well past his passing. Yes. The mechanism is in place with Schumer and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, Schumer and his crowd. To, to bring it in. The only way that we can fight it is if the American people uh, take a stand. And I don't see them. I see them fat, lazy, and stupid and pacified. Uh, but, but, but there is hope. If they, there's a stimulus and they're starving and they're living under bridges and have no dignity, they're going to wake up one day and they're going to say to themselves, who did this to us? As dumb as they are, they may figure out the answer, which is two words, international jewelry that has caused their problems. 
And I don't want anyone to say that's anti-Semitic. That's a fact. Well, we, 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 involved? Yes. You know, we, we, we very much appreciate your call because, um, you know, Soros is an interesting figure. Whether like him or not, I think we all agree that he's done more damage than not. But thank you so much. Thank you for your call. We really appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. Well, I lit him up uh, this morning. All I had to do was mention George Soros. I probably figured that we'd be hearing from Scott one way or the other. All right. Um, hello there. Welcome to the Upfront Program. Good morning. I have a, a simple answer to Mr. Ward's question about how they're going to pay it back. It's very simple. Yeah. This is going to tax us more. <laughs> That's how they're going to pay it back. Uh, and the other thing, I, for the life of me, I don't understand. When, when they say you're having financial difficulties because your credit cards, so they tell you to concentrate on paying off your credit cards one by one. I don't understand why cities and states and uh, government keep borrowing more money instead of trying to pay off some of these old debts because what they're paying in interest is a sin. Well, you're, you're, you're a Winsocket resident, right? Yes. Yeah, the, 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 this administration, and it's not complicated, but somebody's got to do it, and they deserve credit for it. They've done a very, they've been very active about um, paying off debt and refinancing. So right now, as of six thirty two thousand and twenty, the city, and you've kind of, you're, you're leading into me something I was going to talk about. I'm also talk about it now. Is right now there's two hundred twenty million dollars of debt that the city of Woonsocket owes in terms of municipal debt, various things. The one thing that's the most expensive, and I thought you were going to go there, if, if, if somebody's got three credit cards and it's $5,000 each, one's at 12%, one's at 10 and one's at 8 you want to concentrate on the one at 12% first. That's how people normally will pay it off. But right now, we have a debt for the pension obligation, which is about $64 million, and it's at over 6% interest. It's three almost twice as high as anything else and now that we've got this inflow i did send an email to mr john ward and asked him to look is there any way that we can use that money to pay off uh that debt but yeah i mean it's always been a situation we looked at it maybe a month ago in the state of rhode island borrowed 10 billion dollars but you know things have to be paid for the, the problem the problem we have in the Constitution of Rhode Island and pretty much every state is you have to have a balanced budget. The United States of America does not have a balanced budget. We owe, you know, as Mr. Ward said, uh, um, Mr. Vinnie Ward, almost $30 trillion now. Uh, I, I have to say something, though. Uh, our city council has done a very, very good job. I don't, you know, I think they've done very good. And that would be wonderful if they could pay off that pension bond. Because when I think of the interest that state and everybody pays on out there, so what the hell's the matter with them? You know, I wouldn't run my house like that. Yeah, we, we, cer- we certainly have a ticking time bomb. I think, as uh, John Ward said the other day, and I think the mayor alluded to it, um, but, you know, John has been leading that, is that we've got a lot of money, but we have to use it in a very short amount of time and has very limited purposes. So I asked him to kick, you know, look down and say, okay, is there any way we can use this money to, to pay off the debt because we have um, the sort of Damocles hanging over our head as a city. We've got the pension fund down to like $30 million and going down quickly, and then we still owe $60 million on the money that we borrowed for the $90 million. So if, if there's anything that can be done there, it'd be, it'd be super. I think that's wonderful. I, I don't know if they can do it. If they could transfer money out of the different accounts, uh, uh, you know, and then put that money back from this money coming in. I don't know if that would be legal. Well, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell this administration short. We've actually had a situation where um, we had federal drug forfeiture money and we used it to buy a car for somebody who shouldn't have had a car because that person wasn't in law enforcement. So you never know what, what, what they'll yeah. do. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Thanks okay, for the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Well, uh, we've got a, what do you want to call it? You want to call it a bungalow? You want to call it a little ranch? But it's nice, and it's under 200000 And it's in Boroughville. It's at 11 Stewart Court in Boroughville. 
This uh, little uh, bungalow or ranch, a bungalow, that's the term they use in the 30s and 40s. And then uh, after um, the uh, troops came home from World War II and we started building houses in Long Island, we called them ranches. Levittown, right? <laughs> Levittown, right. That was exactly the place. Well, this is not in Levittown. This is in Boroughville Town, Rhode Island. And uh, this is a property at 197. Uh, built in 1932 is um, really uh, kind of a nice place. Um, it's bright. It's got an open uh, environment uh, to it. Nice alternative to condo living, that's for sure. Everything is under one roof and conveniently located near the Harrisville Town Library. Playgrounds are there. And, and of course, there's a pizza shop right down the street. How how good can you get, right? If you'd like to uh, see this property, give Scott McGee a call at 639-2906 and say, Scott, I would like to see this property. Uh, over at um, Grumpy's last night for corned beef and cabbage. And uh, my wife had a Reuben. And so it was delicious. And uh, Brian LaHousse tells me, Corned beef and cabbage served again tonight. We bought enough for a couple of days because a lot of people come in the day after because they couldn't go on a Wednesday. And he also was telling me a couple of people are coming back again tonight who already had it last night. Corned beef and cabbage is uh, $15.95 at, um, at Grumpy's on Pulaski Boulevard, South Bellingham. If you come in with somebody who doesn't like corned beef and cabbage, hey, there's a great menu of other good things. The other other night, um, about a week ago, at Grumpy's, I had that. Um, um, let's see, uh, it's um, it comes out of the uh, the kitchen with um, it's sizzling. It's a sizzling platter, and it's a fajita, and I had it with uh, shrimp and chick. No, shrimp and steak tips. And it was absolutely delicious. And you got the onions in there. They're sizzling and the peppers are sizzling. It's a great, great meal. And you can have it. And it's available on the regular menu. Uh, the name of the place is Grumpy's. And we know it because um, we love uh, dining there. And sometimes we go there for lunch. They'll be open at noontime today with luncheon platters as low as uh, five ninety nine. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Mr. Boulay, how are you doing over there? I'm doing very well, kind of hearing about Grumpy's. Uh, probably time for me to take your lunch. I know you're for your birthday, you have, you're about two months deep into uh, in, in invites, so I had to wait my turn. <laughs> well, I have to wait my turn. Oh, I had a great, uh, what we call a Roger birthday weekend last week. I, I went out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> Five different restaurants. It was delightful. And uh, I put on seven pounds, all right? <laughs> which line do, I, do you know which line I take? A, well, we're, we're going to we're gonna get the ball. Yeah, we're going to so. get it. Right. Well yeah. said. All right. So let's press this button and see uh, what you have to say. Hello there. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. It's John Ward. An- another Ward heard yes, from. This is great. Yes, you asked the question. Yeah, it could be painful. Um, you asked the question about the possibility of using the, uh, the funds for debt service and uh, frankly, it, I I can't say with certainty, and I will certainly ask the question tomorrow with the oppo- when the opportunity presents itself. Um, but the the debt service you're talking about is operating fund debt service, and the four components that make up the uses for these funds are capital spending on water, sewer, or broadband, and it actually doesn't seem to include city streets, and that's why I'm not sure why the mayor seems to think we'll be able to pave roads with this money. Um, because unless you're paving it for a water improvement or so we're, we're going to pave it the with gold. Yeah, okay. There's going to be. Then there's the other one is a payroll related. The third one is then business uh, assistance and charitable organization assistance money for those who were who had reasons to were struggling and we can help them help them recover. And then the fourth one was the the um, to replace lost revenue. But it seems to be linked to a premise that the lost revenue can only be replaced if it relates to programs that were cut as a result of the loss of revenue. Um, so the debt service is clearly something that's the first obligation of a community, so it's not something you could ever cut. So I doubt it would ever qualify as a cut expenditure, and, and it would have to only be to the extent of lost revenue. And our revenue was not that significantly impacted because property taxes are not are generally being paid 
we may we may be down a couple of percentage points, but certainly nothing that would make a dent in the debt service associated with the pension fund. Yeah, I, I, so I, I would love yeah. to. I agree with everything you said, and uh, the only thing I was thinking of, well, $1.9 trillion, they forced it through, how much did they think about it, and do are we able to kind of do a backwards thing and pay things that we otherwise uh, would be paying anyway, and have that in effect cover the, the money, but I figured I'd ask, it took me about three minutes to send you yeah. the email, and the answer can only be no. I mean, we've had situations where, you know, people weren't public safety directors, and we used drug forfeiture money, so you never know. It reminds me of what Brett Smiley had in the Providence Journal the other day, which was talking about, well, we can manipulate this so that it can give us relief in other areas of the budget that would allow us to better fund the pension system, which is sort of trying to imply that he's willing to do a sneaky workaround um, to fund the pension system, even though the law specifically prohibits funding pension systems with this money. Well, I guess he's not very sneaky uh, if he said it publicly, right? Yeah, I know. He put it right in the Providence <laughs> Journal. But, you know. Um, it, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of kind of in, undignified to actually go out there and say, we're going to try to manipulate the law to our best advantage. You know, you, you use the law to your best advantage, but you tr don't manipulate the law to your best advantage. No, I, no, I agree. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity. I'm very unhappy about the $1.9 trillion, but I'm really glad that you're in charge of it because, you know, you're, you've got the same situation in Lincoln. You know, you've got the connection with the city's leagues in town. And so if there's a loophole, and I'll, I can say it publicly, I'm not a public official, if there's something that can really help us. I, I just think it's so important, and I'm so sick and tired of being a distressed community. If we can really focus on something that's going to get us going, um, you know, and, and, and like uh, the previous caller said, we've got a good city council, and I'm sure you guys will come up with some good ideas. Yeah, I'm just a little cautious about claiming that a paving a road is going to be providing assistance to the business in their recovery. Uh, I think the, the law is really planning something a little more specific as to um, assisting with, you know, re rehabilitating their business to accommodate a more distanced population in the room and things more like that. See, I... I agree with you, but and, and you know this as, much, as well as I do, when Biden and the Congress make their case, the Democrats, to raise the corporate rate from 21 to 28 percent, they're going to say, well, infrastructure uh, is necessary for businesses, therefore that, that increase is justified because they use our roads. So th there's going to be some twisted thinking there from, from Biden and the, and the Democrats, so um, we'll have to make some notes. <laughs> Well, we'll just we'll just part company by by my me reminding you that what President Obama and um, and that senator from Massachusetts said, you didn't build that. I was waiting. You, for, you took the day. words right out of my mouth. Thank you so much. <laughs> you, I was thinking that. Take Bye care. <laughs> All right, on to our next caller on the upfront program. Thanks for your call. Hello. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, happy belated birthday, Roger. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to your previous caller, uh, John Ward, on the 8 o'clock news, it stated that Ohio is suing the Biden administration because they cannot use any of that money from the COVID $1.9 in any uh, respect to lowering taxes. Yes, I did. I did hear that. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because... Well, for, first and foremost, you know, I, I, I said it to John and I said it privately and publicly. I'm really glad that he's leading the charge because he's got the experience with this. And if there's ways that we can benefit the city, he, he's going to find it. But how much thought did they give to this? $1.9 trillion, they rushed it through, and you have a short amount of time to use the money. Um, so hopefully um, there's some give there and we can find uh, a way to, to benefit the city. And John Ward's a man who can do it. Uh, uh, in regards to the filibuster in the Senate, uh, from what I, from him listening to Joe Biden, President Biden, and listening to Chuck Schumer, they are going to, in my opinion, and I think this is going to be proven to be true, they're going to re change the rule with the filibuster, go back to where it was with uh, uh, one man stands up, and as soon as that person is finished, Whatever the uh, bill is that's forward, that's there will be forwarded to a 51 uh, vote. 
So a majority will rule, H.R. 1 will pass, and that will be the destruction of our political systems in this country. Yeah, we're going to need Jimmy Stewart any time now to keep talking for yeah. a few days. Absolutely, because that's what they're going to do, in my opinion. matter of fact, Joe Biden uh, spoke about doing exactly that when he was talking to Stephanopoulos the other night. So that, that is what they're looking forward to, and Chuck Schumer has said it. He said if Biden won, they uh, would do away with the filibuster as it is right now with the 60 hub. I, I, I agree, and when I think about this, I think about the fact is when you shoot at a king, you better kill them. <clears throat> so th if, if this is, put, if they do this and they, and they put it through... And America wakes up, and that's my opinion. Obviously, 80 million people voted for Biden, but this could really backfire where it could be 52, 48 uh, in 2022. History shows that the power, the, the party that takes power will lose power uh, in the House or Senate. You know, we saw that with Obama. We saw that with Bush. We saw that with Clinton. So his, if history repeats itself... Then the, the Republicans will take power in 2022. The question is, will the Democrats dig so deep by getting two senators from Washington, D.C., two senators from Puerto Rico? You know, that's the issue. And I think that this is an all-out uh, uh, attempt at socialist Democrats of taking over this government and never returning it to any form of a conservative uh, event. I, I really do. I, I agree. I have a quick question for you, uh, Chris. Yes. I, told, I disagree with the Federal Reserve. How can they state there is no inflation in their future when you look at the price of gasoline going up over 30 cents a gallon and rising? I don't understand how they can come up with that type of an assessment. Um, i, I got to think back on my words. Um, I, I think they said inflation's running at a, at a reasonable level. Therefore, they didn't anticipate any any rate hikes. And they said that if it if inflation cuts across their two percent threshold, that still may be tolerable. Um, so I don't know if they said there was no inflation. I think they said it was moderate. And if in fact it crosses over two percent per annum, that they're not going to take uh, drastic action or raising rates. So hopefully, I chose my words correctly. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I misunderstood them because I, 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 there's no way inflation is not going to go up. Well, if you, if, you, if you misunderstood, then I certainly misspoke because uh, um, I, I didn't make myself very clear then. Oh, no, no. That, that, it's early in the morning for me, so, you know, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I just wanted to point that out because, I mean, you know, when we see the price of oil and gasoline, we all know that inflation is coming, and it's, it's going to be coming in a dramatic form because... Like you said, now they want to go for a four trillion dollar uh, expenditure, and then then there's the other expenditure. It's just it, this is nonsense and craziness. It, it, it really is. They're trying to buy votes, just like the Great Society. You know, um, Lyndon Johnson wasn't trying to help out the poor. He was trying to get everyone to vote Democrat, and he, and he said that. And history points that out. That the whole idea. He used to say. You know, he said it's very easy to get the poor dependent on the government. It's a little bit more difficult to get the middle class depending on the government. He goes, the real trick is if you can get the wealthy depending on the government, then you really got them all. And that, and that was his whole goal was to buy votes and put Democrats in charge forever. Well, it looks like uh, Joe Biden is headed in that direction, too. Uh, yeah, yeah like, like I told Roger, the markets are doing well. I, I think it's in spite of him. Thank you, Vico. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the time, guys. Yep. All right. Time for one more call in this segment of the program. Hello, and your your comments, please. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. I'm going to tell you, I've been asked who I trust when it comes to getting my news. You're one of them. Okay? And, um, but I'm probably going to need your help here because I'm going to be talking a little bit beyond me myself here. But correct me if I'm wrong, Rule of 72 if under Obama we were growing our GMP at 1% and under um, Trump we grow it at 3%, doesn't that mean that our economy would double in under Trump in 25 years, whereas it would take 75 years or so to, to, double, to double under Obama? And therefore, if we grow the economy, isn't that the best way to pay off this national debt? Well, yes, you you are one hundred percent correct. So, but the the problem is, and I and I think you're alluding to this, is the debt is just growing much much faster than the economy is growing. But clearly, we're in we're in a, a big hurt if we're only growing at two percent, and then you know 
Trump, I think we had touched 5% there for a short while under Trump. So absolutely, rule of 72, if you're, you know, if you're earning, you know, 10, which is not 10%, is going to take you 7.2 years to double your money. So yes, if we, we need to stay close to the national debt, but it's growing so fast that we're not able to do that. Well, and I have a point, point another point beyond that is that lady who was on earlier, she said they ought to make the money by, more money by taxing us. And then I also saw Gina Raimondo now in her new position saying that, you know, we have to dispel that theory that cutting taxes is a, is a, is a repair for all our economic woes. And, I, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, cutting taxes has worked every time. Is it, is it true that historically speaking, a total tax on an individual of 22% is the ideal tax where we get the most out of the individual without killing the goose that laid the golden egg, so to speak? And that if we went, and, and the best thing the government can do and to increase its, its income is to realistically cut taxes. Yes, there, there, there is a point where you want the velocity of money to be at a, at a certain level. And going, you know, I'll, I'll make a, a general point and I'll go back to your point. Everyone who, who doesn't pay enough taxes will like to say, so-and-so has got to pay their fair share. When did fair share get to be more than 50% of your money going to the government? You know, if you, if you live in California and you make $10 million a year, they, they keep 64, they keep 6.4 million of it. It's, it, you know, in terms of the federal state and everything else. So yes, um, Keynesian and, and, uh, Reaganomics would show that you are correct, that 20% is probably the right number. And people also have to realize, people like Elizabeth Warren, if you confiscated you know, I think there's about 1,100 billionaires in, in America. If you confiscated all of their money, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even touch the national debt. Well, see, that's the whole point I'm trying to make is we need to keep dispelling the idea that just raising taxes, just raising taxes, will kill the economy, and we're going to bring in less instead of more. And it sounds counterintuitive, but we really have to keep slamming that home. Because people just don't understand. Right, and there's, there's a bet, and I'll leave you with this point. There's, there's, a, there's a bigger point that the liberals feel like the government can solve every problem. That's the issue that's the tail wagging the dog. If you want the government to solve every problem, it's going to take trillions of dollars to do it, and that's what, the, that's what they're doing. No matter what personal issue you have, financial, emotional, what it doesn't matter, the Democrats think that the government can fix it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, we've been telling you about GLOW's uh, tax service for uh, some time now. Conveniently located within Interiors by GLOW at 275 Social Street uh, here in Woonsocket. Now, GLOW has a question for you. Did you receive both stimulus checks in 2020 by direct deposit? Whether or not you think you need to file a tax return, call GLOW. And she will talk with you free of charge to determine whether you could benefit from filing a tax return to get monies owed to you by the government. Depending on your personal situation, GLOW is willing to help you file your tax return at a rate well below the average cost. Call GLOW today at 401-766-0106 to schedule an appointment. That number again is 401-766-0106. Taxes by GLOW and I... Uh, checked out her uh, shop the other day uh, on Social Street and a uh, very, very nice place for you to uh, uh, make some decisions about doing uh, some interior work in your house. All right now, let's get back to the program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Appreciate the contribution you're making to today's program, Mr. Boulay. I'm glad to have you here. Well, I, I hope you're in the majority. The listeners will tell us otherwise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's grab another call here. Uh, uh, we'll be able to fit this one in. Hi. Hello. Morning, guys. Hey, so I'm going to make a statement, and I don't think I don't think you guys are going to agree with me. I think you'll disagree, but I'll, I'll make it quick because I know we're running out of time. But I think the only person, the only presidential candidate in my lifetime that I've ever seen that understands economics and could have done anything productive, I think, is Ron Paul. I mean, I voted for him in 2008. I wrote him in. I wrote him in in 2012. I wrote him in in 2016. I wrote him in in 2020. I think he's the if if we if he would have been elected in 2008, right now we would have we would be an economic powerhouse. Right now, we would have no debt. He would have liquidated. Well, he would have liquidated the debt. We would not be operating at a deficit. We would have had some pain. There would have been some short-term pain. There would, I, I will concede that there would have been. But I think he's the only guy. I read a book 
uh, called uh, Foreign Policy of Freedom by him. Well, it's not by him. It's a transcript of all of his speeches from the mid-'70s on. If you were reading it, I would highly recommend. It's called The Foreign Policy of Freedom by Ron Paul. It's all his transcripts of his floor speeches on Congress. If you read it, you'd think it's a historical textbook because everything he said, everything he said came true. You would think it was looking back. He predicted everything that we're looking at right now. I don't know. What do you guys have to think about it? Well, I, I think he's a very intelligent uh, gentleman. And um, one thing that... If he became president, he'd have to watch his words a little more carefully because I don't think he realizes the weight of his words. Mm. Like with the Federal Reserve, you know, basically tearing them down. Those are con even even Trump did that. Those are conversations that have to be had at the Oval Office with the Federal Reserve Chairman, as opposed to making them public. And uh, you know, and again, I'm a big fan of Donald Trump. He went about it the wrong way. And I think if you go back. I don't think he had the demeanor or he would have had to learn to better watch his words because a couple well-chosen words could crash the economy. And my uh, contribution to uh, the conversation, so we don't have much time, is Ron Paul is, I think, the intellect of the Senate. I think he's uh, the brightest, um, brightest guy there. I don't know if any of your predictions will, uh, you know, are so, but uh, if there's one guy that I admire... Uh, you have touched on him today, so I hope I gave you an opinion, <laughs> short and sweet. <laughs> right, thanks, guys. Have a good morning. Thanks have a, a good lot. One. Hey, Chris, thank you again for uh, for being here. We have uh, run out of time. Uh, did we miss a topic uh, well, today, yeah. like uh, how to spend the money? Well, the only thing I wanted to talk about is we talked about admiring Ron Paul. One person that the Wall Street Journal and Tucker Carlson don't admire is sent to Sheldon Whitehouse. <laughs> He's revisiting the whole thing with Kavanaugh, and he's looking like an idiot. Oh. And he was excoriated by the Wall Street Journal in a great op-ed saying that he's an embarrassment. You know, uh, I, when I was talking about Ron Paul, I was saying uh, the brightest intellect. And I almost said as compared to our senator from <laughs> Rhode Island, who is probably uh, the dumbest in the Senate. Not too uh, far behind Jack Reed. Thank you for being with us today. It is 9 o'clock at WNRI, Woonsocket, Rhode Island. News is next.